0: here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. what we're doing today, was actually instituted in 1925 in an encyclical by Pope Pius XI. 1925. Note, that is not ancient. For example, the Easter Vigil Liturgy has been practiced in Christian communities since the first century. And here we are today, marking something that is less than 100 years old. It is worth wondering why, in 1925, Pope Pius XI would draw the reign of Christ more firmly into the eyes of the Roman Catholic Church, and why we as Anglicans and Episcopalians would follow suit. In the wake of World War I, with nationalism and secularism firmly on the rise, and as monarchies across the world began to crumble, this encyclical was meant to remind and to give hope to Catholics worldwide in the sure foundation of the reign of Christ. Scripturally speaking, you can find a lot of language that supports Christ as King. Jewish leadership at the time of Jesus' earthly ministry Christ as ruler of all, and just about everything that he teaches, those that he encounters. So I wonder what Christ the King holds for us, people worshiping in the United States of America in the year twenty. most of us who are uncomfortable or hesitant with all of this kingly and kingship and kingdom language, well, we might just find a bit of hope in the face of such daunting darkness with the reign of Christ. May you be made strong, says Paul, with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He... Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. How true those words of long ago to the people of Colossae ring true for us here and now, as we consider just what our place is in the fullness of God throughout time and space. Also note Our place, it's not at the top. Instead, we are reminded in our gospel that our place is at the foot of the cross, gazing upward at our King, who came for not just a people, but for all people, and who reigns not just for his glory, Glorify all the world. I wonder if you can hear it. Our King, in the year 2020, in the year 1925, and from the first cry of humanity from the fingertips of God, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Next Sunday marks the beginning of a new liturgical season and the beginning of a new year for us as Christians. Advent is a season of expectant waiting, of expectant preparation, a season of longing that ends in the incarnation of God, Christ, dwelling with us. It may have sounded very jarring this morning, this Sunday in November, to hear a portion of Jesus' crucifixion, yet this is the vision of kingship that we carry with us into a new year. It is a better vision than any earthly power can promise. It is given by our King of kings, our Lord of lords, who we hear on this day hanging on a cross, and in a few short Sundays will lay in the manger. Jesus' vision Jesus' vision of kingship, of rulership. It is a vision of humility in the face of power, forgiveness in the face of cruelty, and a delivered promise of paradise in a world that is filled with empty promises. It is worth our time and a good amount of prayer to reflect on that which we exalt, to whom or what we bend the knee, and if our daily practices and participation in our communities reflects the sovereignty of Christ. And y'all, we are just real lucky because Advent which begins a week from today is a season that gives us time and respite and space to do just that. To take a break from the hustle and the bustle, to pause, to be still, and to know God. And I cannot encourage you enough to take time each day in Advent to be with God. Use the materials and the resources that we, your cathedral, will have available to you next week at our Advent event. Go to the bookstore. It is filled with good books and with tools to build practices that can help you focus your time and your energy and your mind and your spirit on God. And you don't have to spend a penny if you just be quiet every day of Advent just for a bit and be present with God. May we find ourselves as we transition over the coming weeks from cross to cradle with genuinely open hearts to kneel before our God and King and bask in that light which shatters darkness. May we find rest with those whom God loves. And may we with